St. Louis City Press and International Friendly. Joining me to talk about St. Louis City's 2-1 victory over the San Jose Earthquakes, Nathan Halley. Greetings and good afternoon. Our man from Hanoi, Chris Hoff. Woo! I don't think it's afternoon where any of us are. It's definitely <laughs> evening where you are, and it's definitely very early morning where I am. We need someone on the Hawaii, I guess. Patrick Stark. Whatever time it is, it's a good time. There you go. It's a big Sam time. Before we get started, I want to give a big shout out to new sponsor, Vietnamese Computer Repair Guy. Oh, you have no idea. It was my work computer, and uh, we have uh, a school of about, with about maybe 220 staff, and I don't know, 2,000 plus students at this point. And that's a lot of computers. That's a lot of IT issues, and that's a lot of you know audio video issues. That's a lot of Wi-Fi networks to overlap and whatever. He is the only person who does it. His name is Tying, and he's a genius. Uh, the charging port on my laptop broke, and it was fixed in a matter of two days. So what are you going to do? Does he have some extra dong sitting around that he'd like to throw our way? Probably not. It sounds like we should be sending him some U.S. dollars. Yeah, I think that's how that goes. For those who may not be familiar, Dong is the currency of Vietnam. Indeed. I think everyone knows that. Pretty common. All right. We had a completely rotated lineup against San Jose. Came out of it with a 2-1 victory. We love to see it. What do we think about the lineup? We were all maybe a little skeptical when it was published. Well, Where do you want me to go? Okay, you go because I have a self-congratulatory rant. Okay, yeah, we'll we'll put that on the back burner then. And that's different from every other week. How? <laughs> I think I'm on the record of saying I'm an idiot most weeks. Yeah, but in a self-congratulatory way, Patrick. <laughs> no one asked you. <laughs> For me, I I obviously missed the the last pod, uh, and so but I. I had intended to be there and I made a bunch of notes and I had made a wish list for the transfer window after that RSL game, uh, which was immediately answered. Uh, I had listed the need for a faster fullback, a backup striker and a more complimentary center back partner to Parker. And uh, the lineup such as it was delivered all three of those things uh, in the form of Watts, Adenarin and, Yaro. So I loved it. That's all I got. Asked and answered. Mm-hmm. I believe on the last pod, I said Yaro had played really well and thought he should get a start. There was some skepticism around that. I was, I was glad to see that that skepticism was completely and utterly wrong. Um, I thought he played really well. Um, he brought some speed and, and quality. He, he did what we had talked about, about sliding in the backside. I, I really liked seeing him. I didn't realize that he had gotten MLS starts in the past, apparently six years ago. So that's a long way to fight back, slog through the lower divisions and try and get back on a team. So it was nice to see him rewarded for that work and come out with a really strong game. Indeed. Very happy to see it. He is fast when he needs to be, and he's no nonsense. None of those penetrating through, or sometimes penetrating through passes that Parker likes to play down the middle. I think every time he was in possession, uh, it was a very simple pass either to Watts or 
more frequently back to Berkey, uh, who you know would clear it or you know, do whatever he would do with it. Safe. San Jose did have some dangerous looking chances, including one where they played through Yarrow early on, but uh, that Abobasi shot where Berkey came up big and saved him. Great game for Berkey, as usual. We are blessed to have such a an amazing shot stopper in the back. It's, I mean, is shot stopping is outstanding has been so far this season. Nothing more to say about that. Especially in extra time, he came up with some. Uh, I think one of them ended up being offside. Although they didn't call it on the field, but VAR would have caught it. I think both of them were actually offsides. Both of the crazy stops he made. In any case, we'll give him credit. I mean, those were the kick save and kind of the diving save were both incredible. And I think it's important to, to find out whether those count as saves or not, because I think he's on some sort of donation made per save thing. I can't remember what the organization is, but every time he makes a save, LED it costs somebody money. Situation oh, it's lights. Different. That's right. No, no, no. They opened a savings account for That's children right. with oh, saves, okay. a $300 savings account. What are the lights? That's another team, isn't it? I think goals results in 100 LED light bulbs. Yeah, we got some weird some weird things going on. It's all good. He and Adenarin both made the MLS match team of the week. However they do that. Rightfully so. What did we think of Adenarin's play? I was hoping we could build up to that self-congratulatory thing. Okay. Okay, so I was a really a big fan of Azeel Jackson. I thought really great game. A little rough around the edges, but brought a lot of excitement. Really liked watching him. Hope he gets some more time to to put some polish on that. Would have liked to see a goal for him. Yeah, he's kind of got some of that Celio energy. Both of them, you know, yeah. fast, good on the ball. Yeah. Running around other players. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, put me in a Celio Jackson sandwich is what I'm saying. Now, can I? You can do whatever you want. This is a, this is a, so a Celio Jackson sandwich. That implies that Celio and Jackson are in the middle because that's, how you name a sandwich. Oh, well, I guess Chris and I are the bread. Fair enough. I don't know why I'm involved here. Jackson had a hell of a game. Hell of a game. Hope he gets rewarded with some more time. I think what I saw was that, um, so we've been talking a lot about depth and a presumed maybe lack of depth. I think it was maybe the opposite. We have decent depth, but we haven't been giving um, those players enough time. It I'm not a soccer player. We'll have to go to our man in Hanoi, I believe. Did you guys get promoted to the second division? We can get into that later. But there must be something different about starting mentally and physically than coming on in the 70th minute for kind of a roll bit. And I think these guys really stepped up in a way that we haven't seen when they've come off the bench, that they looked stronger, more confident, played better after a little bit. It took like 15 minutes for them to settle in and be like, oh, we're actually playing here. But they seemed different than when they've come off the bench and by the flip side our starters who came off the bench kind of looked like crap and i actually think um we played down a little bit when like gary and nico came on although we can talk about nico's strategic flopping so i i hope going forward these guys get some more chances to start and carnell does uh, a deeper rotation than he's been doing gary's play seems so dependent on like the rest of what's going on around him and his role. And again, I just don't know enough, but yeah, he, it felt like a drop off when he came on. 
without wanting to take away anything from the rotated lineup, it's worth acknowledging San Jose did not seem to be playing very well. I think that's important to acknowledge. Yeah. But were they not playing very well because of us? It's always hard to know. Yeah, hard to know. And I think offensively, like with Obobasi, they did have some good chances that we were able to shut down. And, you know, Berkey, if he's not a brick wall, we're probably having a different conversation. I have a mini segment that I like. That I think that falls into this category, if, if you don't mind. Please. We always don't mind. Is this what I hope it is? I don't I have no idea. I have no idea oh. what you're hoping for. Uh, it's So I rewatched uh, about two-thirds of the game uh, just to try to confirm what my gut was telling me. And my gut was telling me that Kyle Hebert had a good game. And I couldn't point to any specific thing. And I looked at his stats. And he was basically statistically non-existent in this game. So the stats did not confirm what my gut was telling me. But on rewatch, I figured out what it was. Hebert was essentially man-marking Christian Espinoza on the right wing out of the game for the entire game. Uh, And Christian Espinoza scored eight goals and has four assists for them this season. And he's a big part of the way they like to play in attack. Uh, And Hebert was in his jersey the entire game, forcing him to pass away, uh, making sure he couldn't run into space and get the ball and and be dangerous. Uh, He cut down all his good looks and, and just annoyed the crap out of him. And you could tell by the end of the game that he had gotten in Espinosa's head because more and more Espinosa was just making bad decisions. And late, uh, even starting late in the first half, he just like passes it out of bounds once or twice. You know, he makes terrible reason. I'm, I'm not sure what type of player he is outside of the two games we played against him, but he looked worthless out there. And I posit it was because Hebert took him out of the game. That's some perceptive soccer watching. We should come up with a stat for like got in their jersey. We can measure it in Strouds. <laughs> yes. <laughs> a Stroud does sound like a unit. Just it does. Yeah. yeah. It may actually be one. Am I missing something? Maybe. Uh, Patrick, I'm assuming that was not what you were hoping for. No, I thought you were going to compare Berkey to various uh, Swiss levels of defense. But we can oh. we can circle back to that. You had a list at one point. I do, yes. So we'll keep that. All right. Is it time to get to the Nathafent in the room? <laughs> no, certainly not. Uh, we should talk about Alm, maybe. Alm oh, getting yeah. the start. Yeah, beautiful man was back out there. He's had some nice runs. He had some nice touches. Yeah. He had the assist on the first goal. A lot of forward passes received for longtime listeners of the pod. That's his job. That's his job. It felt like it felt like he was more back in his zone as being all me. He's basically playing as a second striker in terms of the space he was taking up. There were times where it seemed like we were playing a four four two with him up front. And I think that was basically what we were doing. Who was he playing up front with, guys? That. Uh, I thought it was also interesting with Perez and Blum on the field. It was. Um the San Jose goal came as a direct result of Perez trying to do a Blom impression. Yeah, wasn't good. It was a bad look. But uh, he's got some growth to do. I yeah. blame Stroud for that one, really. I think. Do? Yeah. Oh, I do. A lot of people blame Stroud for that one. He was screwing around with the ball a little too long and too much. It was like textbook what not to do 
he underhit a pass into the interior of the field that was a bit behind his intended target. And that target was an 18-year-old. Who'd gotten his ankle completely rolled over. Yeah. How was that not a card? Should have been. It sounded like they considered sending it for a red, and it probably should have been at least a yellow, right? Yeah. If not a straight red, like it was, I mean, I couldn't watch it. It was so physically unpleasant for me I to think watch if it's, it. If it's two inches higher, it's a red. And he might, but, he might have been seriously injured too. Right. That's, that's, I think, the fundamental reason why. But uh, yeah, yeah, that was real bad. It was real bad. So what about Azeel Jackson getting run over in the box? Yeah, that was a dumb foul. It was. It was close to being shoulder to shoulder. Well, and Jackson really kind of like makes a step away from the ball to take space. If you go back to my rant from like seven pods ago where I'm talking about like XG or X of shots taken or plays developing versus penalties, this seems like a prime example of Jackson was not going to score a goal there and it turned into a... 75 or 8% chance of a penalty goal taken by who was that goal scored by as the referee. Do you feel like having already called the foul outside of the box? Once VAR says, no, it was in the box. You couldn't exactly come back and say, you know what? He could have, I think he could have, I think he could have back come back and I don't know. It was, it was a weird situation since he thought it was out of the box. I guess if if the ref had made the reverse call on the field, you know, let it let play go, I don't know if VAR would have overturned him. That said, it was a foul, and it was a dumb foul. So, you know. Crazy idea here. Changes to the fundamental rules of the game. What if the distance that you have to take the penalty from is based on the XG of the place on the pitch where the foul occurred? Love it. So we would be taking that from our own 18? Or maybe, you know? Or how about you just have to take the penalty from where the foul occurred, but no closer than <laughs> a radius that would touch the the penalty dot? I think you okay. just described the premise of the penalty box. <laughs> well, no. So, like, a Adenarin would have had to take the shot from where the foul happened as opposed to. So you're saying now there's a penalty arc. There's a penalty arc. Oh, right. Like field hockey. Yeah, but you can't get inside. Yeah. So if you're fouled three yards out, that would be unfair to get a penalty three yards out. So you're always going to be at or behind the arc, but you won't necessarily be straight on and you could be further back. But this just this creates bad incentives. It all creates bad incentives where you're then incentivizing defenders to just obliterate players close to the the yeah. back line. Yeah. There's there's not an easy solution other than the run up penalty. Well, I think the easy solution is what already exists. I th- go well, see my rant from easy solution. seven episodes. But I think the answer yeah. is that's why it's a penalty. You're being penalized. You're getting yes, an outcome in, worse than what would have otherwise happened. But in no other sport is the difference as big as it is in soccer. Like a five on, if a five on four in hockey led to a goal 75% of the time, someone would be like, oh, we need to change something. And there you can like literally slash a guy in the face with a hockey stick. And it's like, okay, two minutes, you down a guy. And it's like 18% 
chance that you're going to score. It's just as imbalanced. I was reading about some interesting proposals uh, for limiting brain damage and how you could do away with at least a portion of, of headers. I think people are inclined to still allow them up close. That would be great because our team is absolutely terrible at timing jumps like from Berkey in the midfield. I don't know what it is. We just always jump early and miss headers. So I'm fine with that. Let's talk about the reverse. I have a fundamental problem with Nathan because hockey has penalty shots. So like, yes, you are this is basically the equivalent of a penalty kick. Oh, but is that is that only in a dog so? That's in a dog so. Only situation. in a dog so. It's only in a dog so. Good thing Drew's not here. Drew's opposed to the term dog so, right? I'm strongly opposed to the term dog so. Oh, okay. The only way you get a penalty shot is if someone like pulls you down on a breakaway. So I'm fine with that. Well, in the MLS, I guess you get a red card in that situation, right? I feel like now you're saying we should make the goal smaller. What? Put some pads, pads on the goalie, give him a stick. No. Yeah, I think you're turning it into field hockey. Acting like I'm crazy here when there are like multiple articles talking about the, the how penalties are problematic in terms of the, the differential feels like I'm being a little bit gaslit here. Speaking of gaslit, <clears throat> I have something to read from Drew. <laughs> Let's hear it. This was uh, in the Discord during the game. Everything is upside down and left is right. I don't know what to think. I'm being gaslit by Carnell. We had all this depth all along and could have been rotating. Maybe we should have been rotating since he couldn't make it. That's Drew's commentary on the game. I think maybe to Nate's point, these players hit a little different starting than we've seen when they come in. Although, I don't know. Well, but they could have been starting, I think, was, was Drew's point. Yeah, that's fair. Well, but also they've had games upon games now uh, in the like with each other, and they train it with the the first team and and stuff like that to to get up to speed. They probably weren't ready to start back, you know, six weeks ago when we could have used them in our slump. You know, so maybe they weren't ready then, and they are ready now. I think it'll be interesting to see what we see going forward. Are we going back into the experimentation period where Carnell rolls out like a wildly different lineup every week? Oh, it's terrifying. Glorious and terrifying. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right. Like I can't I can't hold it in any longer. I have been on the record for so long saying that I like Sam Adenarin, questioning why he was sent away. I feel so validated. I know it was one game. But besides the two goals, he was doing exactly what I loved about him before. He was making fast runs, kind of cutting up the defense, bringing a look that we just don't have from anyone else. You know, God love me. He was being a big, strong man. Yeah, he was being a big, strong man. He just looked amazing out there. And I look, I know that there was something that went on that caused him to leave the team. I suspect he complained that he wasn't getting enough time. And so they found a place where he could go get more starting time. And maybe that let those, that time in San Antonio led to him getting his form so he could come back and be strong, but hot damn, if he didn't look really good out there, I mean, two goals, one of them's a penalty. So we'll count that as like a half a goal, but he just changed the look that we had out front. And I can't help but think that there are a couple of games over the last Klausless time that having him out there would have like possibly made a difference. So I was thrilled to see him out there doing a good job. He seemed pissed off. If you go back and look, and I've been talking to friend of the pod, Justin, about this, we've both zaprudered this film to death. 
he was not super celebratory with his teammates or anyone. It was kind of like, all right, look, I'm awesome. So wondering, you know, how much he's really happy or if he's trying to just give a middle finger to the team and hope to get out of there. But I loved it. Loved it. Great game from a Denneran. If you watch the post-game press conference, he uh, had a lot of great things to say about his teammates, and he seemed uh, happy to be back. Yeah, I think that's just the the on-the-field attitude. He was very complimentary towards, especially like he and Jackson are buddies. I, you know, they paired up well in that game. Um, yeah. Patrick, Chris, what did you think of Adenaran's performance? Oh, it's a dream Scenario for his first MLS start, and I'm very happy for him, but he is a stern, stern man, nary a, an upturned lip after either goal, um, and I think he clearly had a point to prove, and I think he proved it. Do we think he gets another start? I think he and Joaquini will start together next game, which will be interesting. I think that means Alm does not start. I think Alm might move back into the midfield it could be nominally i i think the performance of a lot of people in this game has raised some interesting questions for for mr carnell it certainly has and as he likes to say they're good questions they would make the job interesting and fun and he's you know he's trying to manage all this time especially as we start to have you know the league's cup coming up and all these wednesday games in the heat of summer so it's definitely good for them to have gotten out gotten this under their belt for sure a good game from a guy a lot of guys that hadn't had much game time so this is a bit of a, an amorphous comment here and i'm not even 100 clear on my own thoughts on the matter but do you think there's some sort of lack of leadership that's been displayed at various times uh on sort of the the road bumps the the potholes we've run into here in the in the recent weeks Player side or player side players on pitch specifically. Huh. That's an interesting question. Not answering your question at all. I again want to have a transcript of Carnell's speech because again, they came out of the half looking terrible and they quickly recovered. But like I've been working on my South African accent, but I'm not quite ready to, okay. To deploy it. They, you know, I think both halves, they came out looking ugh, shaky but then quickly recovered. Chris, who would you look for for that leadership? Uh, that's that's the issue, isn't it? Uh, obviously, it's a new team, and that sort of thing happens over time and hopefully organically. Uh, but both of our our captains, our captain and our vice captain, are in the back line, and they, they both mm-hmm. played, and they both played well today uh, or yesterday or however many days ago it was at this point. They both played well in the game. Uh, Leuven, you know, your maybe your best player in the midfield there is not a big personality, at least from what I can see on TV. Um, oh, I've seen him do Family Feud, and you are correct. And Indy's a little soft-spoken, it seems. Uh, I can't confirm that, having not, you know, been, you know, in in the stadium or, you know, even at training or anything like that. And Nico and, and Celio, who are who might be the more vocal guys based on what I can see from uh, up in the sky on TV. Uh, they're a bit junior. Maybe Nico's getting to the point where he's like an, an, an old hand or old foot. 
Stroud definitely talks a lot, but not necessarily in productive team way. Uh, so I don't know. Sometimes we it ends up in a yellow card. I did like when Nico came on and maybe we, we looked a little less dangerous, but it's also late in the game and it was a hundred minutes of football basically. And, and guys were tired. So I liked how he was leading tactically and trying to slow things down and make sure everyone got a little bit of breathing room and, and limited the chances through a slowing down play. So I thought that was good. We don't like to complain about refs, so we'll keep this fast. What was going on with the fourth official? I couldn't begin to tell you. I didn't know you could change the amount. I didn't know he had the power to change the amount of time. I mean, the ref can always let it keep going. The referee can, yes. But I always thought the minimum of stoppage time always stayed the same. I have literally in 22 years of 24 years of watching soccer have never seen that happen. For listeners... He added, like, the fourth official indicated a new, different amount of stoppage time once we were into stoppage time. Put his board back up with a new number on it. Twice. We started at seven, then it was eight, yep. ended up at nine. And, and like, St. Louis City was playing fast. Like, Berkey would get that ball, and he would throw it out before the team was even ready. He was not falling on the ball, wasting time. And again, not even like even if that were happening, it would be the referee's job to fix it, not the fourth official. I just don't understand. No, it was the weirdest damn thing. I back to what you were saying, Chris. I hadn't thought about that, but that's a really good point. Like our captain is in goal, which is great, but a lot of times he's probably pretty far removed from the play. And then vice captain is Parker, who's who's back there. Yeah, I don't. I don't know who it would be. Um, I mean, it's naturally Leuven and soft spoken or not. He's a, he gives a good disappointed look. I think he's got that hand gesture. Yeah. But like I try that with Lilu and it doesn't work. (laughs) It's always those two. And I, uh, I like the leadership from Berkey and Parker from what I see. Oh yeah. And that they are in a position to pass it forward. Now, I think, yeah, I think we had so I mean, if you're talking about, you know, one of the games after the third goal, it looked like we were kind of, we'd lost, lost some heart there. And I don't just mean like vocal, verbal leadership, even though that's what most, most of my comments were about. I mean, like someone who uh, steps into a situation and handles it in the right, calm way, whether it's a conflict between, you know, the, the ref and another player, or it's what to do late in the game when you're trying to run out the clock. Uh, and I did see something very nice that I want to call out from uh, Stapa from Blom uh, late in the game when he took it to the, the opposing touchline and just delayed. Yep, really delayed nice. and, yeah. You don't see that. I think lot. any other player, any other of our players in that situation would have just tried a quick shot on goal because it was, you know, it was possible and he just got there and he ate up time and he kept it. It was great. And then he earned a corner. Yeah. Huge. He might be the guy. Yeah. Good, good game from Blom. Not, not a surprise, but rock solid, man. Love him. Any thoughts as we enter the transfer window? We might have, I guess, one more pod before we hit the, hit the window. Uh, just for those of you who might've been wondering the post shot XG on the San Jose goal, the one that some of you might've and even myself might have wanted Berkey to do slightly better with, it was 0.65 XG once that went off the foot. So that's, you know, it's nearly a penalty at that rate. 
What was, do we have the post shot XG on that Abobasi one that he saved? Or like, I guess the other two were maybe offside, so they didn't calculate it. But I'm curious about the ones that he saved. Um, I can tell you in a second. Yeah, it was pretty high. I think it was like that first one, that early one. Yeah, I mean, it's just the save. 0.31. Okay. What about the, the two late ones? 0.12 and 0.19. Really? Sometimes the saves don't even come across as looking as impressive as I think they are because he's just has anticipated the play and is so well positioned that he's able to make the save when I don't know drew drew, I think made this point. You watch other MLS teams, you see way more scrambles in the boxes from the goalies giving up deflections. He's just so in control. It's like the Swiss guard protecting the Pope. Yeah, it's one of the levels. <laughs> he's got some very colorful jerseys, but like the Swiss guard. Yes. Thanks for explaining. Yeah, that's what I'm here for. I got a novel stat of the day that's almost completely useless. Ooh, yes, please. We missed that last pod. We're so weak stat-wise without you, Chris. Yeah, best we could come up with was literally just the standings. I created my own, and then I found an interesting one. So the one I created, uh, I think was, I, I was led to, to create this by one of the very astute comments from the commentators during the game that pointed out that St. Louis was compressing the field along the vertical axis. They were pressing to the side. So they were moving from left to right and stacking eight or nine players in like the right third of the pitch at any given time and stifling the San Jose buildup and sort of daring them to try these big switches, which they were rarely able to execute. And San Jose ranks 18th overall in percentage of live balls past that are switches. So they just are not good at that. And we apparently figured that out and forced them to do something they're historically uncomfortable at doing. We all good? We all understand? Yeah. 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 Good. Good to have you back. And a novel stat, San Jose lead the league in passes blocked. Hmm. In that they make passes and those passes get blocked. Oh, so not their blocking passes. <laughs> they are making poor passes. Can we call it interceptions allowed, or is a block different from an interception? I think it's it's different. Yeah, but I don't know. I how. suppose it would be different. All right, we came out of that game with a two-one win. Adenarin triumphantly returning to the team and getting two goals. I believe someone had two-one as a prediction. Correct. Correct. I who was I it? Was Drew. it you? It wasn't if it me, wasn't I you, think. it was Drew. Okay, my I said 1-0. So yeah, Drew. Oh, right, I remember. That's his least optimistic prediction of the year, I think. But Drew with the accurate prediction. Now he's going to start predicting a dinner and hat tricks. Oh, yeah. I mean, he was almost there. All right. It does put Carnell in the situation of having to make some interesting choices going forward. Maybe we'll have a pre-pod before the Colorado game where we'll talk about that. Talk about the U.S. men's national team game that we're going to see at City Park. Camp. Can't wait. Oh, no, actually, I can't kind of wait, but it'll be fine. It'll be fine. It's a consequential game. It's a we need to we need to get the win. And we will. Hopefully it'll be fine. And hopefully, uh, I guess at this point, we want like Jamaica to lose to Trinidad. I don't know. That's not going to happen. All right. Anything else before we shut it down? No, it's great to spend a Monday morning with you guys. Yeah, always. I think it's Tuesday. Oh, yeah. Tuesday morning with you guys. It's hard to know. Talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.
Go City. Should we wait? <sighs> Go ahead. <laughs>